You're listening to a Tiger Hall podcast. For more interviews with many of the world's most inspiring business leaders, uploaded daily, download Tiger Hall from the App Store or Google Play. Companies with a strong culture hire easier and faster, uh, retain people much better, uh, actually improve execution. So there's just quite a few things that we've seen pretty tangibly improve in businesses where they have a strong culture. We're in the Tiger Hall with Peter Kemps, part of the investment team for Southeast Asia for Sequoia Capital, the VC firm behind some of the world's most recognizable brands such as Google, Apple, YouTube, Instagram, WhatsApp, to name only a few. One of the things you're outspoken about, Peter, is how important it is for businesses to build a strong company culture. So now culture building is something that gets talked about a lot. And the idea of it seems to be a bit sort of fluffy and intangible. So I'm hoping you can start us off with a solid why, Peter. Why do people need to address their company culture? Because culture drives results, I think, to put it very briefly. I think it's interesting that like a, f- a few years back, uh, there was indeed a lot of discussion around culture of, of being fluffy and intangible and, and not meaningful. I think that has changed a lot. There's been a lot of examples of people speaking out about the importance of culture and like Brian Chesky at, at Airbnb is an example of publicly written about it quite a bit and how important it is. Folks at Evernote about how culture is actually the engine that drives innovation, that drives the next product, etc. And we've actually had a strong preference ourselves for partnering with founders that are very mission driven and that mission often drives a very strong culture. And um, there's been some research that actually shows that there's a, a significantly a higher stock market return, even for companies where uh, measured in different ways, uh, culture is seen as positive. But we've seen companies with a strong culture hire easier and faster, uh, retain people much better, uh, actually improve execution, have much happier customers, and as a result, have much better performance. So there's, there's quite a few things that we've seen pretty tangibly improve in businesses where they have a strong a strong culture. So could you give me some examples of maybe companies that are household names, of companies that do this really well, and perhaps some businesses that do this not so well? Yeah, we might not talk about the ones that not do it so well. But um, I think Airbnb is one company that is often praised. And uh, there's some, some interesting blog posts from, from Brian Chesky where uh, he was talking with an investor and they were going through all the, the panels on the wall uh, of metrics of how they were looking at the business. And as they were discussing that, he asked the investor, like, you know, what is the one piece of advice you could give me? And he was obviously expecting uh, an answer in, in like, oh, you should focus on that metric or that metric. And the answer was, don't screw up your culture. And it's actually interesting that I think Airbnb already had a very interesting culture back then. But on the back of that, started emphasizing that more and and doubling down on it. We see companies in Southeast Asia, companies like Tokopedia in Indonesia, very mission-driven founder, very strong culture and impact on the back of that. Uh, Companies like One Championship, similar, uh, Chatri being an exceptionally mission-driven founder and building a very strong culture. And we have obviously a couple of friends in the business there. And what shows is that that culture comes up in every conversation. And actually, I worked at um, at Amazon myself. And Amazon has a very, very strong culture. And a lot of the what they call leadership principle, but think about it as the values, 
um, are actually a shared vocabulary that is used at every point in time during the day in, in meetings, in emails, in, in how people communicate. And it literally de- delivers a shared vocabulary for the company and, 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 and sort of a moral compass where many employees don't need very rigid rules and regulations and processes, but they basically know how to behave and what good looks like just you know, based on, on the values. One company I, I work closely with myself is a company called Funding Societies, where very early in the days, you know, I noticed, um, let's say, a slight lack of direction. And, and so we asked the question, like, who are you, who you want to be as a company? And the founders, you know, took that to heart and, you know, engaged in a pretty thorough exercise around, you know, assessing their own culture and doubling down on what they wanted it to be. And in hindsight, the founders have commented on the value of that exercise um, specifically in terms of hiring and, and employee retention as well. So quite a few examples of, of where, where this truly matters. So you mentioned just then employee retention. And, and before, I think you mentioned that companies with a strong culture get more applicants. Did you say that? Get more applicants. If you look at Tokopedia at some stage, I believe they were getting like 30,000 uh, monthly inbound requests. Now, this is not just on culture, right? It's also a brand that you create, etc. So it would be unfair to just contribute that purely to that. But people hear about where it's great to work and where it's not great to work. And that attracts certain people. And from a retention point of view as well, um, if, if the culture is, is, is great and people like it, then you know people always say that, it, that, that staying somewhere is all about money. And the reality is it's not. It's about your boss. It's about the culture. It's about your colleagues. It's about the sense of, of contribution and success and things like that, right? Mm. Okay, because I was wondering, is, I mean, is culture something that's always visible to people outside the organization? Not always as easily, but like people talk, right? And people see see certain expressions of companies. Like uh, I mentioned one championship earlier. If you look at Chatri and you see on social media how much he posts, not like, oh, look at my culture, but just the things he says and how he says them and what he cares about and how that then shows up in the events they do, etc. Or if you look at a company like Funding Societies that is, is an SME lending platform, if you look at their approach to business, uh, integrity, et cetera, people, people see that and at some stage start sensing that. So it might be more subtle than, you know, whatever more tangible aspects, like people still start picking up on it at some stage. But do you think it's possible for a business to be successful and not have a strong company culture? Yes, in the short term. And the other thing, by the way, is like um, when we say strong culture, that's not always a good culture, right? And sometimes it's not a good culture for some people and a good culture for others. Right. And so I mentioned Amazon earlier, Um, as mentioned, I worked there before joining Sequoia and very strong culture, which I liked. But for some people in in different parts of the business, it might not have been great. Right. So it's not it's not always an absolute. But, you know, there's companies like like Uber that at some stage is is well known to have gone through all sorts of struggles when it comes to uh, to their culture. And I'm not commenting on that being a good company or not good company. They're still a very large and valuable business. Um, but there's been some backlash and, and some very strong, let's say, correction and recovery uh, when new leadership came on. And so uh, what you see a lot with these companies when at some stage they somehow go astray over time, that when the impact of that becomes clear, that, that folks try and bring it back because they see how important it is. Okay, so let's move on to the how side of things. So for company leaders listening to this who think, well, this all sounds fantastic, how can they identify and conceptualize their culture? What are the, the key steps? Yeah, I think first, if you think about, if you think about culture, it's always hard to like, pinpoint what it is. But 
you can think about the why of the business, your mission, the what of the business, your, your vision. But the most important thing that's often being referred to is, is like, what do we stand for, right? So that's the, the values or leadership principles or key tenets of the organization or whatever you'd like to call it. Now, the interesting thing is some folks, when they realize that, they're like, okay, we need some culture. And they sit down and they start like designing it from scratch. That doesn't work, right? The reality is as soon as you start a business, in a way, it was interesting someone who said like, no company has a culture, but you are a culture. In other words, when you start, it's already there to some extent, right? So the founder has certain beliefs. The co-founder has certain beliefs. There are certain behaviors that are already respected, uh, that are already valued. Uh, the first hires that are being made are made because the founder or the hiring manager valued certain things in that person, right? And so I think the first step of, of articulating your culture is introspection, like, what do we already believe? What do we already practice? What do we love or frown upon, right? What are the behaviors that have led to, to early success in the business? What are the behaviors that we've, you know, that led to failure, wins, losses, etc.? So what you see founders do at the early days is they start asking themselves all these questions. Like, what do I, what do I value uh, as a person? What have I valued in picking you as a co-founder? What are we actually doing it's not just what we have, but what are we doing? Like what behaviors? Like I've seen companies that are um, rigidly in the office working hard. There's others that are constantly on, on Zoom. Um, there's no right or wrong. There's different behaviors. But it, it shows in, in terms of what your culture is. So I think the first, the first very important step is, is introspection, right? And within that, um, I think there's a very strong focus on the people, what characteristics etc. that I mentioned just now, but also of stories like what, what we've seen, what I've seen in Sequoia, what I've seen in Amazon, a lot of these companies have certain anecdotes, certain like corporate stories or, or legends that people tell each other that are often true and often start very early in the company already, right? You know, remember when we got that first customer or remember when this guy did this crazy thing that led to A, B or C, good or bad, right? And so these, these stories start becoming a part of that. I think that introspection normally leads to like a big brainstorm and all sorts of things being like you're still convergent in your thinking and you're, you're trying to write down a lot of different s stuff. At some stage, you start becoming convergent and you start thinking about, okay, which of these things hang together? Which of these things are actually the same? And this exercise tends to happen with, you know, let's say there's two co-founders. It happens between the co-founders at, at first. But what we often say is like you can't build a culture top down. And so I've been part of exercises where it was the founders, the two founders that were basically doing stuff in, in, their, in their scratch book and um, writing things down. But then taking you know, the 12, now this was a company that at that point in time had maybe 30 people. It took the, the top, actually not 12, maybe eight people and sat in a room and we literally spent hours together talking about these things. Here's the stuff we wrote down. Do you guys agree? Yes, no. Which of these are good as it is? Which of them actually is not us. Which of these things actually are us but can be combined? So they literally started playing around until they came up with something that they all felt good about. And then I think they also had this, this aspect of it where it was about get real. Like we're writing these things down, but we literally ran around the group saying, cool, this, this, this value. How are we doing on a 1 to 10 scale? right? Are we there actually? And they actually realize, and it's perfectly fine, that some of them were actually they're doing really good on. Some of them they all valued, but they realized they had some, you know, somewhere to go. They weren't completely there yet. So there was a sense of realism about it, which I think was very important. So that founding team, 
has a huge impact on what the culture will be. Yes. Is there an argument? This is, I've gone completely off script with this. Is there an argument that if the founder has a difficult personality, that company will always have a complicated culture? I think, frankly, like all founders uh, tend to have very strong personalities and strong characters. And very often, that's the strength of the business. And if someone is really aggressive, then that company might grow like crazy. But that comes with a flip side, like pros and cons to everything, right? So I've never met a founder who's like lame, average, mediocre. Uh, that doesn't really happen, right? So it's always that, 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 that if, if a culture kind of like goes astray, is not working out, then it's just a flip side of a very, very strong aspect of, of someone's character as well. Okay. So a company has worked out what they want their culture to be. How can they then keep this alive, embed it in their everyday, in their processes, and make sure it becomes part of people's mindset? Yeah, it's, I think I think it's interesting. I mean, you can you can write stuff down and then and then throw it somewhere in a drawer, and that's it. And that's that's never going to work, right? And um, I think it's interesting when in in Amazon um, at some stage there was an engineer who was asked about the question of how how Amazon was was so innovative, and he actually came up with this kind of like geeky formula. Um, and it's not about the formula, but what's interesting is he had he had this mathematical formula, but the aspects of that were organization architecture, mechanisms, and culture. So culture was the most important, but these three, these three other things are really interesting. So you can think about it as, first, your organization and your people. You can, you can have a culture, but if you don't hire people aligned with that culture, manage your performance uh, and set the bar around behaviors with those people in line with your culture, you know, hiring, firing, performance review, also organizational structure. You can say like, oh, we are... Uh, we value communication, but I create massively siloed parts of the business. There's, there's, there's an incongruence there. And so making sure that how you structure your organization, your people, etc., uh, in line with your culture is very important. That's one. Second, how do you do stuff? What methods, what way of working, what common approach, what processes? So these things, again, need to be in line with with each other. Um, and so you can you can have a culture where you say X, and you say, for example, everything is about the customer and we do, no matter what, we do it for the customer. But then my processes are so rigid that I can actually not support my customer in the right way. Again, it doesn't work. So you constantly have to think and almost when you design your organization, when you design your processes, you have to almost sanity check whether you are actually aligned with and even stronger support and enforce the cultural values that you've discussed and set and that you want to live by. Right, so organization and people, like your your processes and your way of doing things, and then lastly, even your your tools and your systems, your architecture. Like you see that with with, with Amazon was was a good example where, with many things, they they're driving uh, like autonomous single threaded teams. Um, in their architecture, everything was broken down in small units. The teams were then also small units. So architecture drives your organization, etc. And all these things at some stage start hanging together. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts you want to leave people with, Peter? Anything else you want people to know about creating a great company culture? Um, I, I think what I what I mentioned earlier, like don't don't think you can you have to design it from scratch, but really start and stay close to yourself, stay close to yourself as a founder and as a founding team, and observe and embrace what you are already doing, 
and take the good things out of that and double down on that and also have the the bravery so to speak to to keep it real in terms of like how are we doing against these and and don't think it's necessarily an issue that you're not there on all of them it's okay to be aspirational as well for yourself and for the rest of the organization okay very nice thank you very much thank you